What is going on, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. I thank you all for taking the time, folks. It's Friday. We did it. We made it through another week. Congratulations. I hope this is like the official send-off every weekend. Like Hearing Jeff on Friday morning is getting me ready for the weekend. If not, okay. I hope it is, though, because I hope you enjoy the show as much as I do doing this show. Hey, you know, we always start this thing off on Fridays and every day, really, that I do a podcast pertaining to the news. At the time of this being recorded, there has not been any major news with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about a lot of the news when it came to the people that were released earlier in the week and things like that, but there really was no news since then surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, hey, that's fine. Not a problem at all. Second half of this show, we're going to have the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. I'm going to have the heart-to-heart at the very end. And then I get to talk about whatever I want, but I do want to tease something first. This Monday, coming up on Monday, you're going to like this guest. He's a recurring guest. Love having him on the show. Great guy. Check it out on Monday, the Monday morning conversation. You won't want to miss it. So I'm sitting there in a library. I'm in a library with my kids. They're looking at all these books and different stuff. Hey, go have fun. And I'm like, what do I want to talk about on today's podcast? I don't want to just go down the same old road over and over again. The Justin Fields talk, the Kenny Pickett talk. I mean, my gosh, I I feel like those horses have been beaten to death multiple times. So I thought, well, what about, I wrote an article for steelcurtainnetwork.com about Darnell Washington, found some quotes of his really poignant stuff, wrote an article about it. And I I thought about Darnell Washington for a second. I said, you know, with this new offensive coordinator, if he was smart, Arthur Smith, He would really try and utilize this young man in 2024. And so I started to look up his statistics from 2023. And I started to think about other players that could be set up for success in 2024. Who could be in for a big season this year? So that's what I decided to do. I found four players on offense and four players on defense that I think are going to have and going to be called upon for a larger role. There's a big difference there. They could have a big season, but it's going to be based on the fact that the Steelers are going to need them to have a big season. And a lot of this might come from the new offensive coordinator, new philosophy. Some of this might be hindered by things like quarterback play and stuff like that. The one thing you're not going to hear me talking about in this podcast are things like the big name players, the players that we hear about all the time. So you're not going to hear about your Cam Hayward, your TJ Watts, your Minka Fitzpatrick's. Uh, You're not going to hear about your Najee Harris's or even your Jalen Warren, who has become, he's kind of become a household commodity. People know Jalen Warren. They talk about him in fantasy football podcasts across the landscape. He's not a up and comer anymore. He's kind of established himself in his role. So you aren't, you're not going to hear about him either. So these are players that I think are, are really in for a big step up. And I hope that they all do for their own different reasons. Get this started. Let's start on offense. Let's start with the guy I already mentioned, Darnell Washington. Yes, all six feet seven, six feet eight of them. Mount Washington, as they call him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he should be due for a better 2024 season. Yeah, he talked about in the article that I wrote and the quotes that he gave were how he was fine doing the, what he called quote unquote the dirty work. He had no problem doing the dirty work, the blocking, 
he essentially was an extra tackle this season. Instead of sending in your Zach Banner type, or in this case, the Chooks for when he was in that role during the 2023 season, oftentimes lining up illegally, <laughs> but still, uh, that was Darnell Washington for most of the season as a rookie. So when you look at Darnell Washington's numbers, he finishes the year with seven catches, 61 total yards, and not a touchdown. His longest catch was 12 yards, folks. Talk about a guy that's been underutilized. A guy that has been crazy underutilized. Well, I mean, I'm talking about this is a player that, in my opinion, you would want to really feature as a two-way player. He can line up next to a tackle, and he can block. We know that. He can also move. He can also catch. He can also run. I'm hoping that in 2024, with a year under his belt, and with Arthur Smith hopefully smart enough to utilize this skill set, he at least will have a huge uptick in, in offensive production. So that's the first one. The second one is Calvin Austin the third. We forget that Calvin Austin the third was not a rookie last year, second year, but he had lost his first season with that foot injury. He was able to get through last season unscathed. So what does that mean for 2024? Well, in 2024, you look at his stats from last season, 17 catches, 180 yards, and one touchdown. It was that bomb against the Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, that, that was his lone score, and I think that was the biggest play of the season for him. Only has 180 yards. I think we can all agree that the biggest disappointment about Calvin Austin was not him himself, but how the Steelers used him. Every time he went on the field, 19 is checking in. Red flags went up across the defense. Watch 19, watch 19, watch 19. Gimmick, 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 jet sweep, jet sweep, jet sweep. That's exactly what happened when Calvin Austin III entered the game. I'm not suggesting that he is Tyreek Hill 2.0. People say that. That just means they're both fast. They're not the same player. But he can be better than what we saw. He can be utilized better than what we saw in 2023. Therefore, Calvin Austin finds his way on this list. Next one, he's a household name among Steeler fans. They love chanting his name. The Muth. That's right. Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth is coming off one of the more disappointing seasons of his career. And he's coming into a contract year, too. Final year of his rookie deal. 32 catches, 308 yards, and two touchdowns. Pat Fryermuth was supposed to be the Steelers' version of Travis Kelsey when he was drafted. And everyone, boy, did they complain when they went with Creed Humphrey. They passed on Creed Humphrey, who's been the back to back Super Bowl champion now, center. And they went with Pat Fryermuth. So Pat Fryermuth already kind of had that going against him. There were a lot of the fan base that wanted Creed Humphrey and not Pat Fryermuth. Nonetheless, he was banged up this past season. He had the chest injury, hamstring injury, had him uh, on IR. He comes back and he just never looks, it never looks comfortable. Nothing about Pat Fryermuth's game looks easy. It doesn't look like he's a great blocker. He doesn't necessarily seem to be in sync with the quarterback all the time. It's odd. It's really, really odd, but he should be utilized better than what he has been. And a lot of this, I said this earlier in the podcast, comes down to quarterback play. Are the quarterbacks going to be able to find him? Because you talk about the elite tight ends in the game. You're Travis Kelsey's, you're Mark Andrews. It, you can even throw in George Kittle if you want, Sam Laporta in Detroit. It doesn't matter which way you want to go. There's a lot of talented tight ends, and you know what happens? The quarterbacks target them and they know where they're going to be. They're not just a safety valve. Oh my gosh, things are broken down. They're a huge part of their progression in terms of how they read the field. That's got to change for the Steelers for sure. The last, the fourth and final on offense that I think 
could have a big season next year is, and a lot of people are going to hate this. There's a lot of people that don't like it because it was a sibling draft pick. They think that he might not even make the team. Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward had 23 catches this year for 167 yards. And I'm, I want to see him have an expanded role, not just as a pass catcher, but as a, as a run blocker, use him as a fullback. If you're going to give him that, that title. And if you're not going to use him that way, then he's just nothing but a tight end. I would love to see the Steelers just use him more. I'm kind of over the speculation of how Arthur Smith could use these players. I'll leave that to coach KT Smith studies the film a lot more than I do knows the X's and O's way more than I do. He can speculate. I'm not. I just hope the Steelers utilize him because I think he has a unique skill set, and I think he can be better than what he was in 2023. So there you have the offensive players. I'll read those back for you real quick. Darnell Washington, Calvin Austin III, Pat Fryermuth, and Connor Hayward. So they could have a bigger year. I'm expecting them to have a bigger year. Let's go to the defensive side. Let's start with, I think this is the obvious one, Nick Herbig. Nick Herbig, why, why is he on the list? Well, not only is he coming into his second year, but he is also going to be called upon most likely to be the number three pass rusher for the Steelers. Marcus Golden is a free agent. Maybe they try and bring him back, but they probably have high hopes that Nick Herbig can come in, spell TJ Watts, spell Alex Highsmith. If one of them's lost for any duration of time, he can step up and fill that role. He had 22 tackles, three sacks, and two forced fumbles in his rookie campaign. Good numbers for as limited as defensive snaps as he played. I would love to see him get an expanded role. I think he will get an expanded role this year. I think he's going to be a difference maker. I look forward to seeing what Nick Herbig can do on the field. The next is another rookie, another Wisconsin Badger, second round draft pick from 2023, Keanu Benton. Keanu Benton had 36 tackles, one sack, two forced fumbles, and times where he looked downright dominant. As a rookie, with that long season in the NFL that they're not used to, Keanu Benton, in my opinion, is the one player that if I were to say, Jeff, you're going to put money on one guy to have a breakout year in 2024, it's him. It's Keanu Benton. I'd love to say Joey Porter Jr., but he's having a, he had a great year in his rookie year anyways. I'd love to say someone else like a Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. No, I think it's Keanu Benton is going to have a breakout year in 2024. He's been there, done that. He got a lot of reps, a lot of experience. This is what I want to see. I want to see Keanu Benton break out in 2024. Next one. This is a tough one for me. I was almost, I was hedging on not putting him on the list. It's DeMarvin Leal. DeMarvin Leal to me was one of the biggest disappointments of 2023. I think that he's a tweener. And this was the, the unfortunate tag that was placed on him when he was coming out of college. He's a tweener. He doesn't have a position. He's not big enough to play the defensive front, like in your, your front three and the three, four. He's not really big enough to be, or not, he's not fast enough, athletic enough. Uh, he doesn't have the build and the bend to play an outside linebacker role. What do you do with the Marvin Leal? The Steelers are smart. They say, listen, man, bulk up, bulk up, get yourself heavier, get yourself stronger. And we're going to use you predominantly on that front three. If we run a four front scheme at times or sub packages, get him to where he can be in those roles. He was inactive down the stretch. They didn't even give him a helmet. He was a healthy scratch for those games. Ah, gosh, I I had big high hopes for DeMarvin Leal coming in in 2023. And the way that the season finished was really crushing for me. So hopefully DeMarvin Leal steps it up 
finishes 15 tackles in one sack this past season. And like I said, he was inactive down stretch. Last one. And this is a guy just like Pat Farmuth on the offensive side. He's not a super young guy. He's on his third or fourth contract, I think. But I do want to see this per player have a big 2024. That's Larry Ogunjobi. Some people are saying he's going to be a cap casualty. I don't see that. Not at all. I think that you know, they signed him to that three-year deal, I believe, prior to last season. They, they gave him that contract because they like what they saw. They liked what they saw. I think that he finished the year healthy for once. He wasn't on the injury report every week like he was in 2022. 43 tackles, three sacks, one forced fumble. Larry Ogunjobi, though, played all 17, 18, 18 weeks, 17 games. You know what I'm talking about. 18 games kind of the playoffs. He played in all of them, but he wasn't the difference maker we all hoped for. He wasn't even the difference maker we saw in a banged up Larry Ogunjobi in 2022. I want to see a better performance from him in 2024. So the defensive players to recap, Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, DeMarvin Leal, Larry Ogunjobi. I think these players are set up to have a big season. I really do. And if they can get those, if the Steelers can get the contributions from these players, these eight individuals, it's going to make those household names that Cam Hayward's, assuming he's back, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, it's going to make players like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson just that much better. So let's hope that happens. Okay, we we'll take a quick break. When we come back after the break, we're going to have Jeremy Jerome Betts on for the All Bets Are Off segment. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second segment on Friday's Let's Ride podcast, which means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? Going pretty good, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm fine. You're probably in all your glory, aren't you? Like, it's mock draft season, free agents and stuff. It's your roster building frenzy. Isn't that your favorite time of year? Well, I mean, I do enjoy the games, but yes, uh, this is... This is probably my second favorite time of year. When uh, the Steelers aren't playing, it's nice to be chatting up the draft and uh, free agency. And and the anticipation, Jeff, is is what it's all about. Anticipation season is my favorite, yes. You call it anticipation season. I call it speculation season because that's really hey, all it is, yeah. especially at this time. And, and it's out of control this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the last time it was like this was in 2022, coming off of Ben Roethlisberger retirement. What are they going to do? Uh, obviously what leading up to free agency was all these rumors about the Steelers could be interested in this quarterback, this player, whatever. I, I don't know. Like the whole trading to, with Justin Fields thing seems like we've beaten that horse to death. Kirk cousin seems like that's out of the realm of possibility from a financial standpoint. I don't know. What do you think about, what do you make of all this speculation? If you were to give the ride or die crew out there a, Hey, like here's one rule to follow. What is your rule for the speculation season? Yeah, I think it's just to, to stay level-headed with it, first of all, and to know that there's going to be different perspectives. Uh, there's there's ways that the Steelers could make anything work if they wanted to, uh, and then you have to determine what you're giving up to do so. So I just think that, you know, part of it is, and it's hard to do as fans, but to just kind of 
sit back and, and trust the coaching staff in the front office to make the decision and then to, to go with it. But in speculation season, as you put it, there are going to be um, different guys that are brought to the forefront of the conversation. And it does seem like this year, Jeff, that if a player or coach becomes available, it doesn't matter their position. If they have any pedigree whatsoever, Steelers fans are all about this guy coming to Pittsburgh and not every one of those is going to work. So when I sit back and I look at this season, I just think the conversations are interesting. I think don't get all, don't get all uh, in a bind about one perspective and then get angry when the Steelers don't go that route. So keep your mind open. I think is the big thing at this point. And let's just have some conversations. I think that that is what obviously uh, social media is for is the conversation aspect and people just take it too far sometimes. Well, I think that sometimes the narratives get twisted. So the narrative is that the Steelers need to address the quarterback position in one way or the other. Why do I know this? They have one quarterback on their roster. That's it. Yep. You know, with Mitch Trubisky being released, they have no one on the roster. Everyone might assume that Mason Rudolph comes back. And what that is, is it's disguised almost with the media as, oh, New England's upset with Mac Jones. Maybe he goes to the Steelers. Yeah. Oh, Mike Tomlin was very friendly with Justin Fields at the Ohio State Pro Day before he entered the NFL draft. Maybe yep. he goes to the Steelers via trade. Oh, Kirk Cousins, even though he's coming off a ruptured Achilles tendon and is going to cost a lot of money, maybe he goes, this is what it turns into. So the people that have to out there have to realize all these names, all these different talking points, all boils down to one thing. The Steelers need to address the quarterback position, yes. which is what we yep. already knew. And so I think if we can have, like you said, a level head, have some discourse, I think we'll be okay. Uh, I haven't seen anything that I feel is outlandish. Even trading for Justin Fields, I don't feel is outlandish because mm -hmm. I think that the if the Bears don't want to have him on the roster, they'll be willing to get something rather than nothing. And so yeah. um, it, it'll be interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Justin Fields situ situation. It would you consider that a blockbuster trade if it's like a second round pick to kind of go in accordance with what Art Rooney the second said, we're not going to go out and make a blockbuster trade. I don't feel like that quite qualifies. Now, maybe it does in his mind, but I just, I, that's kind of my consideration with that. Is that something that's off the table based on what AR2 has said yeah. uh, this off season? I don't think, to, I mean, in my opinion, that is not a blockbuster trade. Yes, I agree. For this one main reason. I think a blockbuster trade is you make a trade. Uh, let's give you an example. We all know this example. 2019, you trade a first-round pick to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick. He yep. comes in and has only been in the organization for a couple hours and is starting in his first game at San Francisco in 2019. That's a blockbuster trade. You went and traded a first-round draft pick for a player that's going to play right now and have an immediate impact, and he did have a crazy impact immediately for that yes. team. If you bring Justin Fields in, second round draft pick, whatever they're saying it is, I don't care. He's not going to be guaranteed the starting spot. He's going to have to earn it. So there's a chance that you could make that trade. Let's not, I'm not even going to go down the rabbit hole of, well, right. he's going to have a fifth year option as a possibility. What are you going to do with a contract after that? I, for all those reasons, don't think it's a blockbuster trade. What about you? Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's a blockbuster trade just based on the capital that you'd have to give up. To me, blockbuster means you are, moving substantial amounts of assets towards a player and a second round pick to me doesn't quite feel like that especially when you're considering the fact that it might be com combined with 
uh, a fifth round pick or a player or something along those lines. It just, it doesn't feel like the, Oh man, the Steelers sent two first round picks and so-and-so to uh, the, to the Seattle Seahawks for, yeah. for um, Russell Wilson. You know, that's not, that's a blockbuster trade in my opinion. So yeah, I do point. think trade, yeah, I do think trade is an option and you know, there's, a lot of people are going to say, well, you're going to have to spend the draft capital on building the team and, and adding players at key positions. You're going to need the free agency money to do that as well. But I, <clears throat> to a point, yeah, you can do that, but you can build up the roster all you want to. And if you don't have the quarterback, then 2024 is about building up your roster and then uh, getting to a point where you can find the quarterback because you're still not going to win what you want to win without the quarterback. So at some point you're going to have to get the quarterback. Why not this year? If you think you can get the guy, he has to be the guy though. That's the thing has to be the guy. Cause if not, you just turn into the Browns trading yep. and making all these moves for quarterbacks. You hope will become the guy and that they never do. All right, let's, let's leave the quarterback talk for another day. Let's, I want to ask you some questions. So we're going to play a little game in the first half of the show. I talked about four players on offense and four players on defense that I think could have a big 2024 season. So I'm going to basically narrow this down with you and say, who do you think has a better season overall? You tell me which one. We'll start on offense. You ready? Let's go. Darnell Washington or Connor Hayward. Who do you think has a better 2024? That's a tough one. If you're talking receiving stats, then, you know, that's a, a toss up to me. But I'm going to say Darnell Washington. I think the the physical attributes that he has obviously are higher on the elite spectrum than Connor Hayward right. and Connor Hayward's more of a, not a gimmick player, Jeff, but a role player, a real specific role player. While, while Darnell Washington, I think has, has flexibility with what you can use him as. And we saw Arthur Smith in Atlanta and in uh, Tennessee, both places, they use multiple tight ends and they get both tight ends involved in the passing game and in run blocking. So I think it's Darnell Washington. Okay. Darnell Washington or Calvin Austin the third. Hmm. I, I'm gonna stick with Darnell Washington here. I really, I really okay. think that he's gonna play a pivotal role in this offense based on what Arthur Smith does. All right, and last one. I think we all know the answer to this, but I have I put Pat Fryermuth on this list because I thought he had a really disappointing season last year. Mm-hmm. Would you say that he has a better year than Darnell Washington? I would hope so. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I would say that. And I think that this is He's one of the guys that could really benefit most from Arthur, Arthur Smith's arrival and I think could take the pressure off of the guys on the outside to where you're not able to double-team George Pickens on the outside because right. you've got to dedicate a safety or a linebacker or both over the middle to a to a guy who's actually viable in the passing game in the middle of the field, <laughs> which yeah. is what was not applicable uh, to this offense if you um, – when Matt Canada was, was in charge. So definitely opens up more of the field. And I think he could have a bigger year because of that for sure. All right, let's go to defense. Now who has the bigger impact in 2024 DeMarvin Leal or Nick Herbig, Nick Herbig, baby DeMarvin <laughs> Leal's on his way out. I, I think he's, you think so? He, I think he's um he either doesn't make the 53 man roster or he is a, a weekly inactive. I really do. I think that the Steelers can address uh, defensive tackle and free agency without spending big bucks. And I think Leal finds himself down the depth chart. And then, uh, but Nick Herbig uh, rotational pass rusher. I think he makes a much bigger impact this, this season. All right. 
Let's go with Nick Herbig or Larry Ogunjobi, who I said had a very disappointing 2023. What do you think? Yes. Expectations for Ogunjobi was, man, this guy's healthy. Maybe he can come and and be the Stefan to not, not Stefan to it specifically, but in that ballpark, you know, to Cam Hayward. And that just did not happen. Um, It was like one Jeff, we saw his name flash across the screen one time per game, right? That was about it. (laughs) If that, yeah. So, um, I'm going to say Nick Nick Herbig too because I just think he plays um, a, a more impactful position. I think he's going to get worked into the lineup a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure the Marcus Golden contract situation. Do they have him for he's a free agent? Okay, that's right. So I think he's going to come in as their their main rotational pass rusher this year, and I think that that is more impactful than the guy who's who would be bumped to a rotational role on the defensive line uh, interior of the defensive line this season as well. All right, to so the last round here. This is a tough one. The Battle of the Badgers. Herbig or Keanu Benton? Oh man, it's gotta be Benton. It really does. Cause <laughs> I think he I think he moves to full-time starter opposite Cam Hayward. I think the play would be to go get a guy who can play in the nose at that that zero tech and maybe slide over to um to one eye, two eye, something along those lines where he's He's got your rotational player in there, and then Keanu Benton becomes that full-time a DT opposite um, Cam Hayward. It's going to be interesting to see how those play. I think all those players yeah. could have a much better 2024 than the 2023s. Obviously, I, when you listen to the first half, I left off the big name players like your TJ yeah. Watts and your sure. you know your makeup is Patrick's. We all get what they're going to be bringing to the table. Hey, before we. Uh, finish this year. I got to ask you, what did you think about the Super Bowl? Was it a stud or a dud? A lot of people were on the fence about this. Some people said this was one of the greatest games ever. I don't know if I stand on that fence. I'm more of the, the first half sucked. The finish was good. The game in itself. I wasn't too crazy about it. What were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a good Super Bowl. I, I really did. I thought it was exciting. It had everything you wanted um, by the end of it, the, the one bummer was how slow it kind of started, but we talked about that before the Super Bowl, Jeff, how a, a lot of times these Super Bowls start out slow and teams are trying to figure each other out. Now I will say this, the, uh, the chiefs defense coming up huge in big moments, especially Chris Jones, um, getting in the face of Brock Purdy, getting the 49ers offense off rhythm that was so big in this game and underrated because everybody's talking about Mahomes, right? Everybody's talking about how they were able to go down the field and score, but they're not even, they don't even have a chance to win that game. If Chris Jones doesn't blow up two touchdown passes all by himself in the middle of the field. So there's so much intrigue in the trenches of that game that that's why it was, it, it stayed in the upper echelon of Super Bowls of recent years. For me, I thought it was way better than, um, then Bengals Rams. I, I thought it was way better than, than Rams and Patriots from a few years back as well. Um, it, it wasn't an instant classic, but it definitely had the vibe of, of a game that I would, I would watch again for the spectacular plays in the second half. And for the, the scheming that was done in the first half where these two coaches were just going at it and, and playing, uh, their cards right uh, on defense specifically, uh, for the majority of the first half. Yeah, I, I said this on uh, Pez's Picks, our gambling podcast at Fans First mm-hmm. Sports Network. I said the first half felt like two prize fighters jabbing their way around the ring, 
getting a feel, just jab, 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 jab. Maybe I throw a hook, maybe I throw a cross, but nothing serious. I just want to get a feel for what's going on. And in the second half, that's the later rounds of the bout where you say, it's all or nothing now. We got to start putting the pedal to the metal. Let's start making some plays. I was really disappointed, though, that a couple Steelers had. I feel bad for Javon Hargrave. The dude was yeah. a Philly. They lose the Super Bowl last year. He goes to San Fran, lose the Super Bowl again. That sucks for him because he's a great guy. Steeler fans loved him here. I uh, he didn't burn any bridges on his way out yeah. for sure. And then Ray Ray McLeod, dude, just fall on the football. Just fall yeah. on the football. Don't try to pick try it up. Just fall on the football. <laughs> yeah. And that was the uh, turning point. I will say this. Everyone says it was the missed PAT. I disagree wholeheartedly. It was the botch uh, punt because mm-hmm. the next play, boom, Patrick Mahomes touchdown and the whole game changed after that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting Super Bowl, and now we turn our attention to free agency starting in March, but we'll have plenty to talk about until then. Jeremy, what do you have going on uh, this weekend and next weekend on like the Steelers fix? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually uh, having Brian Davis fill in for me on the Q&A this weekend. Uh, I'm going to be out of town on vacation, and he's going to fill in, so definitely check that out. I believe he'll run it on Sunday night um, yep. since there's no Super Bowl this week and nothing right. really going on. Um, Steelers fix. We're getting into Steelers specific draft talk and free agency talk. Um, it's, it's really, obviously it's that show. It's that the season for that show, (laughs) you know, the Steelers fix. So, um, dive into it deep with us on the Steelers, uh, for the off season maneuvering, uh, and then, uh, check out Andrew Wilbar and I on the FFSN NFL feed as well. We're doing our uh, draft preview and we're going to dive into all 32 teams. If you want to get an idea for, you know, what the, what the draft is shaping up like as far as, you know, positions of strength, the top players, guys that'll be available and uh, what other teams are looking at. If you're a Steelers fan, you can get into that as well and just see what the landscape looks like and who might be available when the Steelers come around for their picks based on what other teams are doing. So stay tuned to all that. And I'm sure Andrew and I will have plenty of articles coming up on the website regarding those types of things as well. Yeah, for sure. Jeremy, it's been a lot of fun as always, man. Enjoy your vacation. We will talk next week all about the offseason again. Take it easy, yeah. man. You too. Have a good one. All right. See ya. And a big thank you to Jeremy as always for taking the time to come on the show and talk about the Steelers, talk about everything from the NFL landscape all the way down to the draft and the roster development that he loves so much, he and Andrew Wilbar. So thank you to Jeremy as always. Let's finish this with a heart to heart. So, I wrote an article, I think I'm trying to remember what day it was. I think it was Thursday morning. And it was a mock draft. I did not write this mock draft. I do not know enough about these prospects to write my own mock drafts. But it was one from ESPN's Field Yates. Field Yates has been doing fantasy football work for them for a really long time. He also dabbles in the college football realm. And when they let go of people like Todd McShay, they asked Field Yates, hey, would you be willing to do some mock draft work? He says yes, and he does a one-round mock draft. And he had the Steelers taking Bo Nix, quarterback, out of Oregon. And so I wrote the article. I thought it was interesting. Wrote the article. Could the Steelers take another quarterback at pick 20? The last time they picked 20th was in 2022. Kenny Pickett was the pick at pick 20. And uh, I had some comments on the article that said basically, like, this is pointless. This is pointless. This is this is a waste of time. I get it. I know that mock drafts for a lot of people are a waste of time. And they're nothing but someone's thoughts and opinions, someone's projection and prediction on what could happen. But I told them and I commented on the article and said, listen, you you have every right to say that. 
And I also think that a lot of mock drafts prior to free agency are kind of pointless based on the fact that let's say they have the Steelers going after a quarterback, get the Steelers go out and re-sign Mason Rudolph. They get another veteran, maybe someone like Joshua Dobbs. Now all of a sudden quarterback doesn't seem as likely in the draft. That would change everything. But even if you're one of those people, like I just mentioned, that think that mock drafts are really nothing but nothing to even look at until after free agency dies down, I use it as a tool to get to know these prospects. Because let's be honest, I've been very open about this. I don't follow college football. I never have, and I probably never will. With the transfer portal and the NIL, it's less and less likely that I'm going to follow college football. So I use these mock drafts, and I look at, okay, what were the first 19 picks? Who are the players that are being projected to be picked in the top 10? How many quarterbacks are in the top 10? What are the names of those quarterbacks? So I'm learning about the, the, the Williams and the Mays and the Knicks and, and all these players that are really high-profile players. I need to get to know these prospects. I use these tools that way. And so was, is Bo Nix going to be the pick for the Steelers? Probably not. And But I did learn about his strengths and his weaknesses from writing the article. I learned a lot about the other players that could be first-round draft selections. So all I'm saying is this is not to excuse my own work because I'm never going to apologize for writing an article that I think provides value for the Steelers fan base. But remember that even though you may not agree with the pick, we can all learn from these. We can all use these as tools to help us learn these prospects. So when April rolls around the end of April, when the, when the NFL draft is this year, I think it's just going to be a lot better experience. We'll be a lot more knowledgeable. That's at least my take on it. You take it for what it's worth. That's fine. It's your prerogative. All right, let's, Hey, been a great week. I've already teased this Monday's Monday morning conversation. Be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a fun one. In the meantime, I hope you have a great weekend. First weekend without football since, gosh, almost like late August. That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe. So enjoy it. Get outside. Get some fresh air. Go do something fun. I know I'm going to try and do that myself. I'll be back on Monday. That Monday morning conversation, you know, you finished it out. Be safe. Be kind. God bless. Have a great weekend. Good to you.